0: kind of progress on that line of um, just eating a very, very small amount of food and kind of competing against myself of yeah. how little I could eat without basically passing out. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of HPG Engage, the podcast. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. As you know, HPG Engage is a place where we reach out to thought leaders within the healthcare space to speak to them about their careers, their industry, um, and their hopes and future for that. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ellen Grandstrand. Did I get that right? <laughs>
0: you got it right. Perfect. I did.
1: Um, she's a nutritionist, a PT, and a flexible diet expert and founder of Lotus Health Co., Um, Thank you very much for sitting down with me today.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. How are you? I am great. It's sunny in Sydney. It's a beautiful day today, so definitely can't complain.
1: Yes, yes, (laughs) yes, true. And we have not been blessed with the weather of late, so it's been good that over the past couple of days we've had decent weather. So we're all feeling in a good mood. (laughs) We're here today in Virtues Gym in Bondi. Thank you very much for the guys at Virtues for lending us this amazing space to record this podcast. I did think, you know what, let's... uh, Let's try and see if we can get this podcast, Recording in the Gym, because obviously we're going to be talking a little bit about nutrition, personal training, and your business, so I thought it would be a little bit more fitting if we were to have the environment to help inspire us, <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean?
0: definitely, it sets the mood. It
1: does set the mood. <laughs> but um, firstly, um, guys that are listening right now, Elin is from Sweden. Yes. And you have been in Australia for how long now? Um,
0: about eight years, eight years in January, so yeah, awesome. a long time now.
1: Amazing, amazing. <laughs> so um, just to start off, can you give me a little bit about your background um, into you, your health and fitness, your I guess your history of sports and your experience from like a young age when it comes to, to working out, um, I guess your relationship with diet and all that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, sure. So um, I come from a very active family. Like, my family would always kind of go through, like, if we, for Christmas, for example, my family would go to the gym in the morning and then go and have like big meals and stuff. And they've always been really active. Always, obviously, I'm from Sweden, so we go skiing a lot. We have, you know, a lot of winter activities. Um, Grown up with dogs, horses, like all kinds of animals, always been very active in that way. Um, I used to compete, like, at a high level with horses when I was younger, Amazing. Um, and I think that kind of kept me, yeah, really active and, um, yeah, like, healthy, I guess, in a way. Um, but then once I stopped doing that, I started getting into more, um, like, partying and stuff <laughs> <like that.
1: laughs> Yes, I Yes, I can um, appreciate and the, that. And,
0: yeah, the weight kind of... as it's normal um especially as a young girl like going from that kind of 16 to 18 like you're getting all those hormones and the changes in your body and i think i like most like a lot of other girls weren't really ready for that um and a lot of girls in my class started doing like different diets and stuff and i was like well maybe i should do it as well like they're doing it so i should probably do it too yeah um so it kind of just fell into that dieting world that way um and obviously i wasn't riding every day anymore so i wasn't training i wasn't like keeping the weight off in like that kind of way so um yeah i wasn't really training but yeah so i started doing dieting that way um and then
1: what kinds of dieting were you were you trying to do (laughs) because i guess I always say people are a product of your environment. So if there's other people around doing these different um, diet and fads that you read back in the day, it would be in magazines yeah. and in newspapers. <laughs> what type of stuff were you, were All you doing? All the teenage girls' magazines.
0: Yeah. Um, well, it's very, very unfortunate that a girl in my class was anorexic. Like mm. she came and she became very popular and she was suffering. Like she was very open about that she did have an eating disorder. Yeah. And it kind of made it. A little bit because she was a popular girl, it was kind of like, oh, well, if she's popular, then, then and this she's is what doing I need that, do. yeah, yeah. It's like, I'll do that because then I'm a part of her crew, kind of. Mm. Um, and I think different people have different, um, are more like susceptible for getting addicted to stuff. So, I am someone who really easily fall into that all-or-nothing kind of mindset, yeah. like, um. And that happened with this as well. Like a, a lot of the other girls were kind of doing the like starvation diet for mm. a few weeks. And then they were like, Ugh, that's not for me. Well, I kind of took it a bit too far.
1: Okay. Um,
0: so I, even after we stopped hanging out, I just kind of progressed on that line of um, just eating a very, very small amount of food and kind of competing against myself of yeah. how little I could eat without basically passing out yeah for sure um and yeah it it just got to the point where like i was just so sick of lying to everyone that I, I was just thinking, I can't do this anymore because that was just the worst part of yeah. it that that just constant lies to every single person like if I was in school someone would ask like do you want to go for lunch or coffee I'm like no no I just I ate at home before I was at home I was like no I ate at school mm. um, always making up excuses yeah. in that way um, so that kind of that was probably the first diet i started um and then it, after that that just completely ruined my relationship with food even though i didn't have an eating disorder anymore yeah so i was seeing like a therapist and stuff um i was still either start like i was like well i still need to diet because i still need to lose i still want to be like skinny mm-hmm. um and it kind of felt like that was what girls did girls dieted that's if you weren't on a diet like there was something wrong with you. Yeah, yeah. I've um, So it was. You know, I've done everything like juice cleanses. I've done vegan. I've done paleo. I've done uh, keto. Um, yeah, it kind of just like snowballed into that. And I started going to the gym. And then I found out other, other diets. And
1: yeah. Do you think? Um, do you think the the time in your life whenever you were, I guess, lying to people saying you were eating, came from a standpoint of you were losing the weight and then people at the time were probably complimenting you on the fact that you lost the weight and then that kind of, I guess, would motivate you to continue doing what you're doing because you were getting, I guess, that external validation from people um within your family or your friendship groups in your community
0: yeah it's at the start it was a lot of that like yeah. a lot of people were like wow you look so good but then it, once you start looking unhealthy like i had bones sticking out everywhere yeah. my skin was pale my hair was full did you enough. notice
1: that yourself or did someone have to tell you okay, no you-
0: i i loved it oh okay. uh, it's it's a really weird thing it's like anyone who's if anyone's listening and has mm. an eating disorder has had an eating disorder you'll be able to relate that it's like someone else is in your head telling you that you can and cannot eat stuff and that you should be looking like you should be looking like a skeleton yeah, basically which yeah. is like now when i see people who are c- like clearly sick i just feel really bad for them and that they look so unhealthy but i've looked like that too and i thought mm. i was still not skinny enough and when people are telling me you look like you're a skeleton you need to eat i would just be like oh you're just jealous you yeah, you want to look yeah, like yeah. this too mm-hmm. um and yeah it it just i've read a lot about it and it, it does something to your brain it kind of shuts off all those um like natural um like reactions in your body, like for um, like just reasoning, talking, like what your values and stuff are. Yeah. Um, it kind of just shuts all that off because the eating disorder just takes over your whole personality, takes over your, all your values, takes over um, all those like animal instincts that saying to you, "Look, you need to eat." Yeah. Because eating disorder is controlling everything and saying, "No, you can't eat. If you're eating, you're failure."
1: Yeah. Um, that so ma- that makes so much sense now from the standpoint of knowing. Um, you personally, um, and I guess your whole your ethos and how you run your business and how you I guess promote your business on social media, but also promote healthy eating and nutrition. It mm. it, it makes so much sense. <laughs> um, before you you've, you've uh, you moved to Australia eight years ago. Mm. Did you practice to be a PT and nutritionist in Sweden, or did you do that here?
0: No, so I moved here and I was with a guy at the time, mm-hmm. so I moved here to be with him. And then we broke up about uh, four years ago, so I was with him here for four years. Yeah. Um, and had a really, really bad relationship with food still. I, that's when I kind of started binge eating a lot. Um, like I would go to the shops, buy all of this stuff, yeah. all this food, sit in the car, eat it all, and then throw all the rubbish in my neighbor's bin so he wouldn't see what yeah. I've done. Um, like one day I called in sick to work because I was like, no, I just want to stay at home and eat. Like, That's crazy. It's rid- like just went from like one, one
1: extreme to like the other. Yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah. And
0: then, yeah, all throughout the week I ate nothing. And then on the weekends it would be like, calories don't count on the weekends and I would just literally just stuff my face with whatever like it didn't even matter what it was as long as it was just calories like I couldn't have peanut butter at home I would eat the whole job just like this yeah (laughs) yeah like I shouldn't laugh because it's awful but Mm. looking back it's um anyway so I was really that was really unhealthy for me and I was still very much only training in the gym because I wanted to look a certain way. And I started doing powerlifting kind of stuff, which is for those who don't know, like you basically a bench squat and deadlift, um, so your main compound lifts. Um, And I was enjoying working towards a goal in a gym rather than looking a certain way. But I could also feel that I was putting on a lot of weight because I was just eating a lot of food um, and not very like a lot of processed food. So. One day, I just decided to try CrossFit because I thought it looked really cool, and I fell in love with it. And I like, I just gave up everything else, yeah. and I absolutely, yeah, I did CrossFit like twice a day for six months, um, and I progressed like a lot. Um, and then I stopped progressing, and I was like, "What's going on? Um, there has to be my diet because." Mm-hmm my training was spot on so i reached out to, to um, get help from like a macro counting company uh which is basically like macronutrients uh, like your carbs your fat your proteins so basically the coach gives you a target um and then you calculate like you decide what you're gonna eat basically but the coach that i had the company was very based they really wanted you to eat like clean food yeah Um, So if I wanted to go out or something like that, for example, it was kind of like, oh, you mustn't want this bad enough. Yeah. 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 So I basically just replaced one addiction with another. Um, So instead of being addicted to binge eating, I was addicted to counting my macros and being like spot on. Um, But I started getting a lot of people asking for advice um, because I obviously did lose a lot of weight on Mm -hmm. it and I was progressing in gym. Um, so that's when I kind of thought that maybe I could actually do this as a job because people are already asking me, like yeah. I might as well get qualified and you know, charge for it. Exactly. But then I also realized that what I was doing wasn't sustainable. Um, like I was only hanging out with people who were doing the exact same thing. And when you have like at your environment, basically becomes who you are. So I didn't realize that I was doing anything wrong. I just thought that was what everyone was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I went home for Christmas that year and m- I brought my food scales with me from Australia. <laughs> and like my mum, like we're having family dinner and I was like picking apart everything and putting it on my scale. Yeah. And mum's like, really <laughs> <Yeah. you? laughs> yeah. like, what are you doing? You um, really are all or
1: nothing, aren't you?
0: She was like, what are you doing? And then, um, yeah, I was like, okay maybe this is not actually how people live yeah <laughs> um so i stopped doing that and i was still studying but i just randomly fell onto this like article about flexible dieting and people were eating like donuts and pizza and burgers and you know they were training really hard and they looked amazing and they seemed so happy and i was like surely that is not true but i was like i might as well try it and see how it go and tried it loved it never looked back
1: yeah and i think so I um I think it's so important, which when we go into talking about your business, that whoever is listening to understand that if you choose to become healthy and fit, it is so important to understand that you're choosing like a lifestyle that you're going to need to do for, I guess, the rest of your time on earth. So Mm. to go and do extremes whenever you're trying to get into that is very, very unsustainable for you to, to, I guess. Counting your macros every single day of your life or not eating at all or eating way too much It's all about finding that balance That Mm. if you're someone that likes I guess to go out and have a drink at the weekend Instead of maybe having a beer you figure out what alcohol has less calories so that Mm. you're still able to go out and have a good time But you're also staying within a realm that that is quite healthy and which brings me on to your business Mm. Lotus Health Co. Yes how and why did you start that? <laughs> and what was the overall, I guess, goal for the business? Whenever you, because you have you have a few coaches,
0: yeah, that yes. are on your
1: on your on your team.
0: I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's. I started about three years ago. Um, like I said, like I just started because I wanted to help people, and like my goal with the business was never really for it to be anything. Like mm. I didn't really think that I could ever make a living out of doing what I loved. Um, I was still working like in cafes and disability, just kind of doing whatever bits and pieces to get through. Um, but I was just getting busier and busier and yeah, a year and a half in, I was yeah just getting so busy. So, um, I just kind of said to myself like, look, you either do this, like you go 100% or you just have to stop because at the moment you're just like burning the candles on both ends and you're just exhausted. You have no time for friends. You have no time to study. You have no time to do anything because you're just working one of the two jobs all yeah, the time. True. So I quit my other job and I just went full in for this Um, and yeah, it's paid off. I've hired three coaches now that work underneath me Um, and yeah, the goal was to hire two more in the next year. Um,
1: And it's all, it's all online based as well, isn't it?
0: Yeah. 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 It's all online. We have clients all over the world, America, Sweden, UK, Australia.
1: And what's kind of the, I guess the overarching ethos, because obviously, um, you're, you consider yourself to be a flexible diet and expert. How do you kind of, I guess, help your new clients that you onboard to, I guess, create a, 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 healthier, a healthier relationship with exercise and a healthy relationship with food? Like what, what is kind of the, the way you do that? and with just their overall nutrition?
0: Yeah, so uh, every new client who comes on has to fill out like a pretty like big consultation form just so we know exactly where they are at, uh, what's their lifestyle, what's their experience, um, what are their goals, um, even their living situation and what they do for work so we know how much, you know, they're making. Mm. Um, Where where in Australia or in the world that they live because someone who lives in the middle like Bonnay is not going to have the same kind of resources as someone who might live like, you know, down or like in the middle of Australia yeah, There's nothing around, that's a good point. Um, so we do take a lot of that into account as well. And I think because I've been doing it for so long now, I can kind of get a sense of what the person yeah. is going to be like just from reading the questionnaire. Um, and I guess
1: someone who works in an office nine hours a day is gonna have a different kind of schedule to someone i guess who works in construction mm. or someone who's a nurse or someone who's a doctor so yeah it, it makes total sense that yeah you'd have some sort of lengthy questionnaire for
0: that yeah totally and you know like a nurse for example like they're on their feet like mm, sometimes awesome. 12 hours a day yeah. doing crazy shifts calories. yeah and like shift work like sleeping like crazy sleep schedules and same with like carpenters mm. um, but then an office worker they they might say that they're really active but If they do three or four sessions a week, that's only four hours every week that they are actually doing something. Mm -hmm. So they, yeah, you have to take stuff like that into account, and also um, experience and preferences and stuff like that. Like when I first started, I kind of just went with the regular guidelines that the Australia um, gives you, but now I kind of take my own personal experience working with so many people into yeah. account as well and then I can kind of create a plan for them what what they feel like they can actually do this mm-hmm. because if it's too overwhelming they're not going to do it they do, they're just going to be like okay it's too hard I can't yeah so you kind of have to start somewhere where it's just just outside the comfort zone so they can see like okay I can actually do this and then build that trust up within themselves and therefore also increasing the confidence and they can say oh This is easy. Then we can add on to another thing. And then we can add um, one or two more things. And, you know, they're just building up like that. Like, we never start someone up here. Like, you want to start low so you can kind of change gears and then you just go. I think that's...
1: that's one of the positive things that has now started to become quite a regular occurrence within the health and fitness industry. I think years ago, if someone wanted to lose weight, they would go to a personal trainer and they would give them the most extreme diet, <laughs> extreme workout, and they would just completely run themselves into the ground mm. for maybe eight weeks. And that's fine if you're training for, I guess, a competition yeah. or for show. That that's completely fair. But for just an everyday person who wants to lose weight, Years ago, it used to be extremes. Whereas now, I guess more personal trainers, nutritionists are starting to realize, actually, the best way for people to live a healthy lifestyle is to create, is to create, um, I guess, a schedule that they can, I guess, do and fill in within their actual current day-to-day life. You can't ask people to completely switch up their whole, their yeah. whole schedule, their whole lifestyle yeah. in order to lose weight because they're not going to be able to do that forever. And mm. as soon as they have one little trigger or one one little aspect of their life that adds in that, that may alter their normal schedule, then the extreme thing that doesn't seem as important, which would be having very little calories and working out three hours a day is going to seem a little bit too much for them. Mm. I need to deal with these bills. And they completely push that thing to the side. So at some point that you give them a point that's slightly out of their comfort zone so they can actually see, oh, this is doable. And then you slowly just progress it from there mm. and do you find since you've done that people are having a better I guess relationship with their food and with their workouts
0: absolutely yeah. um we're all about like breaking that all or nothing mindset like basically what what we do is help people break that all or nothing mindset like 90% of the clients who come to us they they say wow this is so much food can I actually eat this much mm. and they say well I can actually have like a chocolate or something and that doesn't make me a bad person like we're all about breaking that mindset like just this morning I had a conversation with a girl she's like oh this week was, wasn't was so good and I was like well why wasn't good like mm. what's a good week like you're never gonna have a perfect week yeah, that you true. can't there, there's no such thing like if you aim for perfection you're never going never to succeed that, yeah. because it's just not achievable like when did life go exactly as planned Yeah, ever it doesn't happen
1: I would say you just have to fall in love with the journey yeah
0: exactly and the exactly. process And, like, just focus on getting 1% better every single day. 100 days, you're 100% better.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, So you are very much into social media. You have a pretty big following on Instagram. (laughs) But your content is great. Can you talk to me a little bit about, I guess, the impacts of social media on the fitness industry? I guess the positives and negatives because they're – and we could probably – this could be a whole different podcast, (laughs) just this subject. But can you talk to me a little bit about what you think the positives – of social media in the industry
0: are yeah yeah so i think the positives are that there's so many good uh people out there who actually put out really really good quality content really good information like science like evidence-based stuff um and who are i think you know how the algorithm works you kind of see more of what you actually like so obviously my whole
1: (laughs) Our feed <laughs> it's, just, it's just
0: full of like flexible dieting it's full of like body positivity it's just mm. full of like evidence-based things where i know a lot of girls who come to us they're like oh we're like i can actually eat this or they've been mm. doing keto for two years or they haven't they've only eaten a thousand calories for years um but i think it's really good to bring out the information that's actually true and how people feel better that way and yeah just bring people together as well especially during lockdown i found that so helpful like people were connecting through social media like making friends online i know so many p- like friends and pts and people that i've been collaborating with that i've known from all that i know from social media
1: mm-hmm. i think that's that you've just made some really good points there i think a lot of people have a very negative view on social media because of all the negative things that you do see on it but at the end of the day that that is life. there's always going to be positive and negatives and mm. um, but it's it's so important that you find the positives and make sure that's the information that you see because to a level you can control everything that you see there. Mm. But for you in terms of how you use social media, um, the way you do it is really funny. I love like the, the voiceovers that you use as well. well. What's the reason behind kind of using those kind of funnier videos in order to kind of, I guess, educate people um, on body positivity and I guess nutrition in, in general?
0: Yeah, well, you only have like, like, people have a very short attention span. Mm -hmm. So you need to catch their eyes right away. If you are going to be just sitting there talking, like just sitting here against a black wall and just saying information, not a lot of people are going to watch that. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're really hardcore fitness people who actually do want to learn. Most people don't really care that much about why you're growing muscles when you're doing this or Mm. why this is really good for you. Like, what does it do in your body? What is happening to your cells? They don't really care. So you kind of need to just grab their attention quickly, make something funny out of it, and then they're going to remember it because if you attach a feeling to something, it's much more likely for you to actually remember the information and the content. So, um, but I also, I honestly just love it. I love creating videos. I love... Just showing my personality there. I think that's what kind of makes me different to a lot of other people who just always rocking up, looking absolutely perfect, the mm-hmm. hair, and makeup done. I sometimes I just roll out of bed and I film something and I put it up and I don't think about it.
1: Like, so I guess going on from there, you just said you just roll out of bed um, and then you just film a video, put it up. Um, how do you kind of, I guess, help? Because you work with a lot of women in your mm-hmm. business, I imagine. How do you, <clears throat> how do you help women kind of? differentiate between I guess what's realistic and um, in terms of a body image and what's I guess on social media because mm-hmm. obviously you have all these images of beautiful people all the time on social media who look absolutely perfect and I guess it's so easy and um, for both men and women to look at a certain body type and um, and see muscles abs perfect legs perfect hair and um, is is there a way that you, I guess, speak to your clients and say um, that is possible, but there is a certain level in terms of what you have to do to get there? Mm. Or, yeah, how do you how do you um, differentiate that?
0: Well, I think it's very important to remember that a lot of these people on social media, it's their job to look like that. Mm-hmm. For the everyday person, you have to actually go to work. You have kids. You have uh, dogs. You have. Temptations. Like, if you're getting paid 10 grand a week to not eat donuts, I'm sure you would be able to stay away from that as (laughs) well. Stay away from the donuts. So, I think that's uh, it's yeah, like that's something that people have to remember that it's all these people actually get paid to look like that, Mm. but they don't look like that in real life. Like, we live in Bondi, we see this. Influencers all the time. Yeah, they don't look like they do online. Yeah, no one looks that good. all and about the
1: light and the camera yeah, angles, it is. the editing. Yeah,
0: all about the edits, all about the angles, all about the poses. And I think the more you know, like understand and can remember that when you're looking at it, you can kind of just say, "Oh, that's a really like nice photo. She looks great." And then you can kind of keep just scrolling. On, yeah, yeah. You don't have to attach emotions to every single thing that comes your way. You choose what you want to, how you want to react. You can just look at it, and say, "Cool." Amazing. Carry um, on. Yeah. And just remember that no one looks perfect every single you're moment dead. of the day. Like you, they've captured one photo, they might have gone around the corner and cried after that. Like yeah, you don't know. Yeah. You never know what's going on behind the scenes in someone's lives and God, I'm sure you've done that as well. You posted something on social media, be like, oh, having the best time ever. And then you're like, hmm, it's actually pretty boring. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Um, I think it's important also that we touch on the importance of food when exercising. Yeah. Um, because there's so many different phase, like, fads out there when it comes to consuming food, either before or during or after. But do you have any tips on kind of foods that are good for, I guess, someone who needs their mind stimulated or needs the energy when they're going to be, I guess, working, working all day on a hospital floor mm. or um going into a 10 a 10 hour 15 hour surgery Mm. what kinds of foods would you recommend to someone to eat that should help them i guess hold concentration for an extended period of time
0: yeah, so I would go for something with all three macronutrients in it, so carbs, fat, and protein, just because you're gonna get that slower release um, of these like nutrients and the energy. While if you have something that is just pure carbohydrates, for example, you're gonna get that big blood uh, blood sugar spike, and then it's gonna go crash down, and you might even crash down to lower than you were before, and then you're gonna feel like really tired, and you're gonna gonna have another kind of sugar hit, and yeah. then it just goes up, down, up, and down. Um, and I was actually listening to a really good podcast. You know, Andrew Huberman? No. Get on to that. Oh, um, oh, but oh. he's a, he's a um, neuro, what's it called? Neurobiologist? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Swedish words. <laughs> um, yeah. So he is really famous in um, America. He's like a uh, professor at Stanford. Um, and he said that he had just done a study showing that um, when you eat a bit of chocolate, for example, you get that. Dopamine hit. So dopamine is like a chemical in your brain that yeah. gets released when um, you have a chocolate, for example. Um, and then, yeah, first bite you get that heat of dopamine, but then to, when you have your second bite, you actually need to have double as much to get the same second, to same get more. Yeah, to hit, get the same yeah. level. So that kind of explains why it's so hard to put down that chocolate. Um, so for someone who's going to surgery or working in an office. That like I would stay away from those kind of um, high sugary foods yeah. that do release a lot of dopamine because it's so hard to, to say no, yeah. yeah it's really, really hard. I would stick to um, slow releasing um, carbohydrates like fruits, vegetables, um, whole grain bread, and just having like a proper meal protein, fats, like all the all the good stuff um, and then have that. And then maybe if you are working like really, really long hours, then it might be a good idea to have like a 10 minute break, stretch your legs and come back.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Um, We're almost done. But can you give me a little bit about insight into what are your kind of hopes for the future of the the fitness industry? Obviously, it's come a very, very long way. um, And I think in my opinion, it's come a long way in a positive in a positive light mm. but but where where do you see it going and what, what would you like to see see happen
0: yeah I would love for all of these fad diets to completely go away don't know if that's ever going to happen um, but I would love for people who have really big followings to actually get called out when they do post stuff that it's not benefiting anyone really except for those people because they get a lot of money from it Mm -hmm. um like a lot of challenges a lot of diets have zero vegetables or like no like protein or uh, any fiber or anything like that and people just don't really know or care like the average person doesn't really understand and that's Mm -hmm. fair like i don't know anything about computers like (laughs) someone (laughs) would send me a computer program that was completely wrong i'd probably be like Looks good. It's all right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I think that people just need to be held accountable when, because if you have a big following, you have a lot, lot of responsibility, and you, yeah, I would like for those people to kind of understand what what they're actually doing and take mm. responsibility for that, um, and for it to be a little bit more fake or less less fake. Yeah. Um, for people to be a bit more real and for people to show up to the gym without wearing makeup mm. and show up on the Instagram without you know, putting on false uh, filters mm. and not wearing fake eyelashes and, um, and feeling like they're actually good enough just the way they are. Mm-hmm. They don't have to look a certain way, like people are still going to like them, even though they don't wear makeup or yeah. lashes or whatever it is. Um, and I, I, it definitely is going in the right direction, but there is still a long way to go.
1: And what are your hopes, I guess, for your business in the, the nutritional um, online sphere?
0: Um, Well, I want us to become the best business in the whole world for flexible dieting and changing our mindset. And I honestly think that we are like one of the best ones in Australia. Um, Just based on our clients' progress, um, how much we've helped them, if someone loses weight, Great, awesome, but if you actually change someone's mindset mm-hmm. and they can, like, if they come home and they're like, "Oh, I just went out for dinner yesterday and I didn't binge and I felt great and I was wearing this like skirt and I felt so sexy," that is what I love. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just getting more and more um, out there with that and just doing, yeah, I would love to do more seminars. Um, have one in two weeks actually. Um, just getting out there, spreading the word a bit more, and just educating people. Like, that's what I'm so passionate about. Like, teaching people that it doesn't have to be so hard. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like, there is another way of living as well that's not so extreme, mm-hmm. and that you're going to be so much happier for it.
1: Amazing. Um, and just to finish off, we're obviously a, a healthcare recruitment company and recruit across all aspects um, of healthcare, including personal trainers and nutritionists. Um, but Do you have three tips that you could give someone um, who is thinking about, I guess, becoming a, a personal trainer or a nutritionist and potentially wanting to start their, their own business? What would you say to someone like that? Any career advice?
0: <laughs> be patient, be consistent um, and t- look, learn from the right people. Don't be afraid to ask questions. There's a lot of people out there who are very scared of saying "I don't know mm-hmm. um, and they will just make something up. <laughs> but it's nothing wrong with, like I said all the time, I don't know, but I will find out. And awesome. I think that's the best way to learn.
1: Perfect answers, perfect. <laughs> um, thank you very much for sitting down with me. That was a great, great conversation. Just to finish off, just let um, people know where they can find you, I guess your, your Instagram and your business's Instagram or website
0: yeah yeah so you can find me my personal one which is a bit more like funny and body positivity kind of uh post it's ellen Grandstrand. um or you have my business one which is a bit more educational um it's lotus health codes one word um or it's lotushealthco.com so it's our website
1: awesome thank you very much thanks
0: for having me thanks for
1: listening everyone <laughs>